Go. Hey, welcome. It's Ears Up Podcast, everybody. And this intro song reminded me of a question I've been dying to ask you, Jeremy. Have you ever tried to do the floss dance? No, I've never tried it. Uh, neither have I. Well, I guess that might be a lie. I sort of half-assed tried it one time. Uh, okay. And I was like, I don't understand. I think I'm going to hit myself in my bathing suit area. I don't want to do I'm like nervous about it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it. Well, it doesn't look like it's a very flattering dance. I mean, even when I've seen someone do it, it doesn't. Do it. I've never seen it executed well. Well, so why would I catch myself? I, I think to your point, it, when it's executed well, it's not flat. It doesn't look good, right? Like what? Like the definition of doing the floss dance, quote unquote, well. What does that actually mean uh, right. for the way it looks? Because <laughs> you just yeah. look like you're having a spasmatic episode. Yeah, it, it's like picking your nose well. Like, you can do it, but it's not going to look good. That's right. It's like doing a podcast no. well. Oh, <laughs> we don't know what that's like yet. No. Uh, okay. Very well, funny. Um, so you're not going to do the floss dances at the end of the store? Is yeah, that basically. where we ended up? Yeah. What made you think of doing it in the first because place? Because our theme song, I think, would be uh, a, a perfect uh, music thing to do the floss dance to. I don't know. Do, 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 whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean? So should we do it? Think, should we post a video of us doing it I to, think, like next to each other? Yes. I think you should go first. Uh, no, it'll be a virtual <laughs> floss dance and we're going to do it. We'll, we'll put the videos next to each other. We'll edit it. Let's, okay. I will only do this if I can make a big production of it because that's me. That's me, right? I want everybody to, to, <laughs> to pay attention to the things. Um, and if everybody does it, if everybody records themselves, including Bev, I know Bev, Taryn will do it. Terrence will definitely do it. Uh, Bev will probably be the only person who won't do it and I'll get to make fun of her for it. Um, you know what I mean? Like do like the, like, you know, multiple videos in a row. I think that would be fun. Why don't we have the listeners do it? Why should we be the losers? Thomas, send me a video of you doing it. <laughs> and I that's going like to be maybe... the new video intro for all of our videos across YouTube. Is just Thomas doing the floss dance. Thomas doing the floss dance. That'd be good. No, how fun would that be if every listener sent in a floss dance and we just had like a big mosaic? It'd be, you know, how for World of Color they did the World of Color virtual honor choir. We're doing the ears up virtual floss dance. Uh, I also feel like we're two years too late for that. So what's the That's latest? Exactly how I do things, <laughs> guys. You know what would be really cool? Fanny packs. Actually, fanny packs are cool, but. Yeah, and then I'm bringing back Waza! <laughs> you know that? No, never heard of it. No, I didn't think so. Well, Jared, we got a good show for the listeners today. I have two news stories. You have two news stories. Um, but once again, bucking zero trends here, we didn't figure out who's going to go first uh, at the <laughs> beginning of the show. So who should go first? I think well, you should. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jason, uh, as you know, I'm sure, yeah. the city of Tampa here in Florida, which is only about an hour or so from Walt Disney World, you know, depending on the traffic and all that, they played host to the Super Bowl on Sunday. Did you watch? Did you watch the big game? I did. It was, uh, whew, it was pretty uh, boring. Yeah, it wasn't very exciting. Uh, well, our hometown team of Tampa Bay Buccaneers routed the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9. And as is tradition, 
a player or players from the winning team, usually the MVP or quarterback or both, recite the now famous post-game pronouncement, I'm going to Disney World or occasionally Disneyland. Well, this year, both Tom Brady, the winningest quarterback of all time, and his tight end, Rob Gronkowski, or Gronk, <laughs> who together for the first two half touchdowns thrust, uh, sorry, excuse me, who together connected for the, for two, like, <laughs> <laughs> together, did you just say together thrusted and then that threw you off? <laughs> this year, Tom Brady, the winningest quarterback of all time, and his tight end, Rob Gronkowski or Gronk, who together connected for two first half touchdowns, thrusting the Bucks into an early lead they would never lose, appeared in the Disney commercial announcing they'd be going to Disney World. To be sure, the very next day, Gronk was spotted on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at the Magic Kingdom and also wielding a lightsaber in the Rise of the Resistance attraction over at Hollywood Studios. Um, traditionally, a celebratory parade is held for the players on Main Street USA, but this year, of course, COVID had other plans and has put an end to parades and nighttime spectaculars at the parks. So there was no... Um, Parade, but a masked Gronk did appear on a parade float for some promotional materials and was spotted teaching Mickey Mouse how to do his signature Gronk spike. Um, <laughs> his signature. Gr- I saw him spike the ball like half a dozen other football players have ever seen spike the ball, so I didn't really catch what was different. Uh, well, he, I guess, I he did elaborate a bit on it to, to Mickey Mouse, but I wasn't paying close enough attention, I suppose. Um, Tom Brady was not in attendance, though, but Disney did indicate that plans are being made for him to visit the most magical place on Earth later in the year. The Going to Disney World commercial has a bit of a history. It dates back to 1987, when then-Disney CEO Michael Eisner's wife Jane came up with the idea after Dick Rutan and Gina Yeager flew around the world without refueling. When Jane Eisner asked them what their next plans were. They responded, they're going to Disneyland. Um, She thought that would be a great marketing campaign. So following the New York Giants win in Super Bowl 21 in 1987, New York Giants quarterback Phil Simms was paid $75,000 to say it. And he was the first person to start that trend. And it's continued. And Tom Brady, I would probably, I mean, he would have to be the person who said it the most. Yeah, I would guess. One the most. Yeah. Um, I, they did list how many times he said, he said it in like, oh, two. He, he keeps saying it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it looks like with the Super Bowl being held next year in Los Angeles, Disneyland will be in line to play host to Tom Brady again next year. <laughs> Great. You think he's going to sign back on? Because he came out of retirement. He's, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think him and Gronk are sticking around for a little while. This dynamic duo. This dynamic duo. Here, I have a video. Let's see if there's a good audio for this. He just punches it to the ground. Like it's not oh, this is the signature spike? <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like you, you throw it on the ground, Mickey. I I guess it bounces special. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, that was a really boring. Did you watch the halftime show? Are you a halftime show guy? 
you know, I usually am. I mean, I was in marching band, but I didn't watch yeah. this halftime show. I had to use the bathroom and then I just kind of like forgot and I was in the other room and I was like, oh yeah, there's a game going on. I've I never caught heard, the end with like all these masks. I've never heard of, I had to use the bathroom as an excuse to miss the halftime <laughs> show. Um, I thought it was pretty awful, honestly. Um, I'm not really a, a the weekend fan, um, but it was just sort of, I don't know, man, blah. And, eh, I don't know. Uh, it certainly wasn't well reviewed, from what yeah. I understand. Well, yeah, I mean, the only review that matters is mine right now. Um, <laughs> well, that's all, and that's the only one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the music is weird, man. I was like sitting there watching it, and it's like this is like really this is music to stand in line to. This is not like music that makes anybody want to get up and dance. I don't know, or like whatever, or even feel you, melancholy, feel some type of way. I just I could see myself standing in line listening to this music and then uh, approaching the register and saying, here are the two pairs of pants I want to buy, please. Mm, yeah, you were hoping to floss, but you just didn't. That's right. wasn't doing it for you. No, my dentist makes me, but, uh, you know. Mm. Uh, well, well good. Jeremy, um, on our, that was it, right? You know, I'm not stepping that's on your... That's the story. I'm not gronking on your toes. Or There's no more gronking happening. All right. uh, on our last show, if you remember, we reported that Disney was recalling about 230 workers in order to fulfill the slowly expanding perimeter of DCA that is actually open for business. Now it seems that number is going to increase by quite a bit. On February 8th, Disneyland Resort President Ken Potrock sent a letter to cast members announcing a food and wine festival experience that's coming to Disney's California Adventure in March. The letter Pot Rock sent is kind of rambling in parts. This is, this is how it starts. It's like two sentences, but it is weird. <clears throat> it's hard to believe it's been 20 years since we've welcomed our first guests to Disney California Adventure Park. While I'm relatively new to the Disneyland Resort, I was so excited to visit Disney California Adventure that first year and have enjoyed seeing the park involved for the last two decades and the role it has played in creating a multi-day destination for our guests. From the ongoing expansions and enhancements focused on bringing more Disney storytelling to the park, including Cars Land, to our upcoming mission to suit up the next generation of superheroes at Avengers Campus, we continue to add new and vibrant experiences for guests to enjoy. That's the intro on the letter introducing the Food and Wine Festival. <laughs> it talks about his experiences. <laughs> it, just, it makes no sense to me. And I know, I get what he's doing. He's doing that president, CEO, board member thing, trying to relate to the cast members, to the lowly cast members they have there. But, like, get get to the point already, dude. It's why... Why invoke Cars Land, which opened in 2012? Just go, 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 baby, go. Get me to the end of the line. What are you trying to tell me? Why are you wasting my time? This thing is four paragraphs. Let's go. What's going on with the Food and Wine Festival? Anyway. Right. I don't need a word salad (laughs) to get ready for a food festival. Right. Uh, Anyway, he goes on to mention that Avengers Campus is still being worked on and that he has no new details to give. Other than somehow crowbar the cool stuff that we don't know about yet, but will be really cool, into a segue announcing the food and wine, quote, experience. Again, taking a whole paragraph to offer zero details as to what this even means. So here's, uh, here's Ken again talking a little bit more about, uh, you know, about what's going on. Currently planned to begin mid-March. We will debut an all-new, limited-time ticket experience focused on our world-famous food and beverage offerings from around the resort. The latest merchandise and unique, carefully crafted entertainment experiences, all to be offered multiple days a week. 
With limited capacity and enhanced health and safety measures in place, guests once again will step into a magical Disney environment, an environment that will provide memorable and fun experiences our guests are craving. So I have a few, a few bones to pick with this. First of all, the world-famous food and beverage offerings from around the resort. Oh, yeah, what is that? So they're taking stuff that's already on the menu, like at the award wieners or Carthay or whatever, right? And then gonna, yeah, right. And then they're going to put that into the Food and Wine Festival. In my opinion, I thought that Food and Wine Festival was like an experience altogether brand new where you can try different culinary things from around the, the globe or, or, or whatever. But this sort of seems like you're just opening uh, food trucks from across D.C. <laughs> and Yeah, well, they probably I mean? got a lot that's going to expire. They want to get rid of it. Well, so I, I food festival out of it. Yeah, well, they haven't had food there for months. You know, they gave all that food away yeah. when the pandemic no. hit. But uh, it just—it well. it seems weird to me. Uh, number two, limited time ticket experience. That's cool, but that's what we've been talking about too. Is—is is why aren't we doing this ticket? Like people will pay to go do this thing. Why haven't you guys been charging <laughs> admission in the first place to these things? So I'm glad that's happening mm-hmm. too. The other thing was. The words, uh, experiences our guests are craving. Now, look, I miss Disneyland as much as the next person. Okay, not that much, but, you know, close enough, right? Uh, that I can honestly say I'm not craving anything about DCA. Craving. What is that word choice? It's fairly self-inflated, and I think it's a really poor choice of words, considering how many unemployed people we have in the state, much less the nation, how many people are lining up at food banks, fighting evictions, trying not to get sick. Etc. Etc. They could have tried memorable and fun experiences our guests are looking forward to or have come to expect from a Disney park. And the more I thought about it, the more I think that this word was chosen carefully, though, as a bit of maybe manipulation, because this is a letter going out to cast members, right? So you're telling cast members that guests are, quote, craving these things does sort of put a subtle amount of pressure on everybody, maybe even some guilt. So when the time comes to to come back to work, to ask about safety protocols or whatever, uh, maybe there's a little question now as if to that seems as being too selfish. I mean, after all, people are craving this stuff, right? Mm, but, I, I don't know that there's that much baked into this. I don't know. I think you probably use the word maybe. craving because you use crave to, de- to describe what you want for food, and it's a food festival. I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. You think it was like, Maybe. let's use the word crave so they'll feel guilty about not want, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I, you think it's that planned. I think it, I think there's a possibility because <laughs> in any sort of, in any sort of um, communication, this goes through multiple filters, CEOs and, and big wigs like that are sort of, when they write, they sort of write with manipulation, manipulous intent. I don't know. Uh, to manipulate a little bit. Did you intend that? Uh, no, this is all just... <laughs> this might surprise you, but I'm just making this up as I go along. Who would have thought? Uh, anyway, I'm, just, I'm not saying 100%, but I'm saying I, okay. it, 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 I could see that happening. I could see that happening. But that's not the good news. That's not why I'm talking about this, because throwing an entire, quote, experience means more jobs. Jeremy... Elsewhere in his letter, Potrock says the Disneyland Resort is looking to bring back around 1,000 cast members for the new Food and Wine Festival thing, experience, whatever that means. Uh, Ken says 1,000 includes the 230 that were announced the other week. So 
the numbers really aren't exact. Is it only bringing 800? Is it bringing, uh, you know, 1,000? What's going on? But that's still some great news. We're getting more people back to work. That's really cool. Uh, There's no hard date set yet for this limited time ticketed event, but it will happen in mid-March sometime. And just to really spin my gears, because it's sort of the mood I'm in today, everyone who's listened to the show has heard me and Terrence and probably everybody else complain about news sites, especially Mice Chat. And I don't really mean to name check, but sort of like (laughs) it's very specific to this one. And this is why, unfortunately... Uh, I, I clicked on an article from them, and before I knew it, I was already getting my information, so I just stuck around on the stupid page. Fighting the need to wash my hands, I kept scrolling and saw this amazing thought. This is at the end of this article on Mice Chat. Quote, readers of this site won't be overly surprised by this announcement. We've been calling for Disney to follow in Knott's footsteps and offer expanded food and beverage experiences since July. We're glad to see them pull together their teams to do it now. And it made me think, like, what is it about operating a Disney news site that automatically makes you flexible enough to shove your entire head (laughs) right up your, well, I'd better not go any farther. But the, 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 the way that that is phrased is they've been doing, they've been saying this thing, and now finally Disney's doing it. Because they said it like that. Am I reading the implication there properly that this was their idea? The unimaginable hubris of these websites is unreal. I think you're right. Um, I do think that that's the connection they're making. Yeah. But then it's like if you're a news site, if you're truly fancying yourself a journalistic news site, you shouldn't be clamoring for anything. You should just be reporting what's happening. But it sounds to me like they're like, well, we're a news site, but we've been asking for this. It's like, well, then you're not actually news. You're not <laughs> biased. You're not just relaying what's happening on the ground. You're trying to influence it, um, which, by the way, you're not. Right. <laughs> it's just I read that. And I was floored. I was, it was I, I stood up just to be just to be knocked over. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just it, it came off like really pompous. And maybe that wasn't the, uh, you know, the the intent or whatever. But readers of this site won't be overly surprised by this announcement. <laughs> to me, that says it all. Well, you shouldn't worry about it. Everyone knew this was going to happen because we've been talking about it. So, of course, it's going to happen. We've been we've been saying this should happen. So, of course, we manifested it. We put it out into the universe and the universe listened to us. It's just get out of here, dude. Yeah. Those of you who have been smart enough to consistently read these pages. <laughs> well, uh-huh. and it, it is also sort of like inflating the reader because it's like, oh, well, I do this. I am part of this now. Because right. I read this, I'm not surprised. I knew this was happening because they told me it's this weird, like self actualization, self reinforcement kind of loop that these the Disney opinion, Disney news sites, Disney rumor sites like to have, and that's how they yeah. they kind of keep you in that in that content mill. It's really weird. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, and I it's think gross. their uh, I think their readers crave it. Yeah. Speaking of craving something, <laughs> I'm craving to hear from our good friend. Sean O'Sullivan. Hello, oh, Sean yes. O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery, and we are proud to announce a fresh addition into our Hell or High series of beers with Hell or High Pomegranate. Our California Bay Area brewery has done it again, creating a crisp and refreshing wheat beer that pairs well with the season. Hell or High Pomegranate is made with real fruit and is sweet with a slightly tart finish. It's a perfect beer to enjoy during this time of year and can brighten any rainy or wintry day. 
Behind all that soft and elegant pomegranate flavor and aroma is a wonderful wheat beer with its biscuity, light, bready notes, and at a mere 4.9% alcohol, is quite enjoyable. Hell or High Pomegranate is available across the country where 21st Amendment beer is sold on draft and in cans. That's right, cans. Perfect. Thank you, Sean. That was beautiful. Really well. Why does he say that's right, cans? Like, do it's we a, not expect that? No. Or what, what's that about? It's a throwback to uh, to the beer show when 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 Sean first came on our beer show years and years ago. He was like one of the only, I would say, ten or so craft breweries putting beer in cans. It's like two thousand eight, oh. two thousand ten, something like that. And it just that's right, cans sort of evolved into this into his like catchphrase. Okay. Yeah, and someone actually made a techno song of it. Like, it like made a like a remix of of his original commercial, and it's I don't know, it's just it it sort of you know inside joke sort of spin out, and anyway, so that's a commercial wow. that he cut for the beer show, and so it's a, a whole thing. Got it. Yeah. Um. What do you know about the Leva Legacy? Levi's Legacy. Um. Well, I know that there was a gold mining thing where the guy bought some denim because his pants were ripping. Sure. Uh, but not much else. Well, no, I was referring to the Leave a Legacy Monument um, oh, at Epcot. Nothing. I know nothing about it. Okay. Well, the Legacy Program was started in 1999 as part of the Millennium Celebration that was, of course, hosted at Epcot. I've talked about it many times, and I won't stop. But the Leave a Legacy Program ran until 2007, and it allowed guests to have their pictures taken and then etched onto steel tiles to commemorate their legacy and the global community that visits Epcot, particularly around the turn of the new millennium. Uh, the steel panels were displayed at the entrance plaza in front of Spaceship Earth. If you remember, a lot of people refer to them, you know, they sort of likened them to gravestones or tombstones. They were kind of these pinkish-hued marble things um, with a bit of curvature to them, and you could go and, you know, it's kind of like what they do with the bricks and your face is in the brick. Okay, yeah. Um, so it was that. But with the Epcot overhaul, Disney announced a redesign of the Epcot entrance plaza, one that more closely reflects what the entry looked like in the early years of Epcot, complete with the prismatic pylons at the center of the fountain. This meant the removal of the legacy monument that had stood there for two decades. Well, one of the selling points of the Leave a Legacy Monument was its permanence. You were leaving your legacy at Epcot. So, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. I paid to have this here, and now they're like, well, we, we're getting rid of it. So they were kind of left with a bit of a quandary. It's almost like they were just saying, oh, your legacy is you getting dehydrated and sunstroke in Epcot uh, and potentially alcohol poisoning. It's not this thing. It's your experience. It just, I like how they shift it sometimes. So they were left with that problem. Where do you house the legacy monument? Because you really you shouldn't get rid of it. People paid to be part of it. Yeah. Well, the solution came this week. Yesterday, guests arriving at Epcot were greeted with the panels, newly colorized, and displayed along a section of the entrance to the park just outside Epcot's entrance. So when you're walking up from the parking lot, uh, they're, they're kind of just there. There's this big multicolored wall and they've taken those old panels, cleaned them up, put sort of like a rainbow color backing to them and now they're there. And I went over there to see it, but then I kind of forgot and I didn't really see it. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, of course, as with any change, Disney fans took to Dis Twitter to opine about the new Leave a Legacy and its new place. 
While some liked the added colors and the update to what was a mundane walk-in from the parking lot, others were less enthused, with some drawing comparisons to the Vietnam Memorial or just saying it looks like another construction wall, of which there are many around Epcot right now. So they're like, oh, this is we thought this was just another construction wall. Uh, DZ Studios commented, quote, East Germany Pavilion looking great. <laughs> wow. Ruthless. <laughs> KL Phelps says, what the fresh hell is this? Carrie 9678 weighed into the conversation <laughs> saying, oh, yay, can't wait to find my pick's new location. And so she's not she's not too upset about it. And then Leif Vargas uh, did not hold back. Quote, modern Disney management is the absolute worst. The not worst. worst. The absolute worst. I am sick of trash sites like Laughing Place praising monsters like JPEG. <laughs> My absolute favorite is when people think that, you know, someone running a company is a monster. I mean, unless they're like murdering thousands of people or displacing poor families or whatever, like you just make trying to make a, a, a theme park run, brother. Like <laughs> what's going on? Monsters. A monster like JPEG. And also they they're mad because these laughing place is clearly enabling this monster to continue in his terror. I'm sure uh, at night JPEG retires with a nice Chianti and reads laughing place to make himself feel (laughs) about his place in the world is truly uh, cemented and, 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 and needed. There was one time, um, this is years ago when there was some, I don't know if it was D23 or some place where the Disney press somehow got access to Iger. Like it must have been outside of something. And so you see a video of Bob Iger, right? Like the president of Disney, the CEO of Disney. He runs, you know, this guy's got a lot going on, right? Right. And like the mic flag is like up in his face and it's like he's talking into it and it says laughing place on it. And you're like, he's just got to be so like, how long do I have to deal with? Like, it can't say like NBC. It's like. Don't get me wrong. I I would love to have that kind of like, you know, digital pull. You know, uh, our website doesn't get too many hits. We're trying with like articles and stuff, but. Not really like heavily because everybody here has second jobs and well main jobs <laughs> and for you know for a lot of us this is just you know something we like to do and and hopefully we can you know increase our 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 clicks and our eyeballs but I I don't know man like some of these sites they just the way that they present content is so cringy I don't like it I don't know man it's weird yeah and there does seem to be a bit of a race to the bottom yeah. You know, like formerly good sites, I think, have gone the way of the the clickbait. Yeah, because kind of trash lately, and it's like God. Unfortunately, it makes it, it, that makes money, and it's it's hard doing this because it costs a lot of your time. Not necessarily money. I mean, there's a lot of upfront costs, but it's a lot of your time. So yeah. if you're gonna put, if you're gonna invest your 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 resources and your time and your staff to like writing articles and figuring out what to do you have to be pumping out like two articles a day well that you got to pay people so you got to at least write stuff that people can click on then you can get <laughs> google adwords or ad, you know google news uh revenue or something you have to monetize it somehow so right. like i understand when, it for like longevity purposes and paying yourself because like 
you know, I, yeah, it's, 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 it, it, we like doing this work, but unfortunately we all have the bills to pay. And so there's a, a, a cost benefit analysis you have to do whenever you start losing money. <laughs> but you know, you, you, you've got to think like you've got to crank out two articles a day. You find, then before you know it, you're reviewing a cookie. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. like at, at there's a point, and like sometimes I find this when we do the year in review. Yeah. I go to the sites a lot to try to scroll back and see like, well, you know, what were kind of the big things that happened? I didn't really remember whatever. And it used to be a lot easier. And now you have to scroll through 900 pages of cookies and T-shirts. Yeah. All this new, isn't news. All new metallic tumblers at Starbucks. <laughs> and and I I guess there is a certain section of of the fan base who who wants this information it's just it's just, it's a candy to them it's just like oh well just oh that looks cool that's a fun thing that makes me excited right. to go back and try to get it so yeah. if you like those things that's totally fine i just i it and that's not even really what i'm talking about so much as like the fake rumors or the way that they write the headlines is like literally clickbait to get in and it's like, well, there's nothing really here, but we don't know anything. But it's like a new Avengers update. And then you click on it and it's like, well, uh, Pot Rock says uh, that there's more details coming soon. And it's like, but that's the, you wrote about a thing where you said there's details and there's the only details. There's no details. Are you serious right now? Right. And then you're that's like, what oh. bothers me. That's what and you've me. scrolled through a page full of ads that have crashed your computer. It's miserable. Yeah. yeah. You know, SpectroRadio.us is ad free. Oh yeah, uh, uh, ears up. Podcast dot com is not ad free. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's not at all because we want to make money at doing this. Well, you should. You yeah. should. I mean, I you know I paid everybody. We had like twenty dollars left <laughs> into the thing, and it's like can't buy new cables for twenty bucks. It's just it's a thing. You got to do it. But it doesn't feel like you have your your page has ads, surely, but. It doesn't feel like it's like a sentence and then five ads and then the sentence and then five ads. Like, like no, a news you week? read a yeah. paragraph. Right. No, I I, I tried to you know limit I mean? it to like three ads and that like, yeah. there's one at the top. I think that's the like, thing. Yeah. I'm like reading the chat right now. Ryan yeah, is making has got some things to say. A smiling and shame face that is in German of those posts. Yeah, this convo happening on this show is ironic. What do you mean, Ryan? Yeah, elaborate. Oh, Brian. <laughs> We don't review cookies here. Yeah, sorry. This is a no cookie zone. <laughs> yeah, it's a cookie free zone. Although maybe we should. I mean, who cares? I'm going to review a cookie this weekend. You know what? I'm going to drive over there and I'm getting a cookie. Review a cookie and then review the crumbs of the cookie. That's what I want you to do. Okay. Jeremy, let me ask you a question, man. Have you heard of the Ice Age movie series? I have heard of it. I have not seen it, but I know what it is. You do? Okay. Uh, I was like lightly aware of it as well. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, and I'm actually very shocked that you even know what it is. Uh, it's about a group of mammals loosely trying to survive the Paleolithic Ice Age. That's it. Now, you'd think that concept has a finite story with maybe one or two movies in it tops, right? That's, you know, that's what I would uh, assume. Well, the Ice Age series has five movies out already. Oh, that's more than I would have anticipated. Me too. Or- and a sixth one coming out next year in 2022. Not to mention the several short films that they had out, two TV specials, over I think it's over 20 video games, a live theater show, and an entire land at the 20th Century Fox World in Malaysia, which is now called Ginting Sky Worlds after the um, you know Disney. But no, I'll get to that too. But 
over 20 video games. A lot of them are like online and like mobile games, so I guess they're like easy to sort of crank out, but that's a ton for yeah. one franchise. In Malaysia, 20th Century Fox issued a default notice in regards to its licensing agreement for the under-construction 20th Century Fox World theme park. In November 2018, Gintling Malaysia filed suit in response and included soon-to-be parent the Walt Disney Company. The two parties settled out of court in July 2019 in which the Fox name would be dropped from the park while certain Fox properties would still be available for Genting to finish the park with additional non-Fox properties as well. In May 2020, the Genting Group confirmed that the new name for the park would be called Genting Sky Worlds. There you go. As part of the acquisition deal with Disney, the animation studio that produced Ice Age, along with a few other films called Blue Sky, fell under the Disney banner, of course. Well, that is changing now, as Disney announced it was closing down the Blue Sky Studios this April, meaning about 450 employees will be impacted by this closure. Apparently, Disney is trying to relocate as many employees as possible to other internal positions, but they can't find spots for everyone, of course. The Blue Sky Library and IP is still Disney property, and Disney is already working on an Ice Age series for Disney+. Plus. So all that other stuff, and we're going to get a Disney Plus Ice Age series. So I'm assuming that's where many of these relocated employees will be shifted to. So far, the five released Ice Age movies have together brought in $3.2 billion dollars. Oh, my God. Which honestly kind of sounds like a smaller amount than I would have expected. I mean, given how many offshoots there have been based on these characters, you would... You're right? Sorry, I was getting my calculator out. <laughs> Ka-chunk, vrnt! I'd rack that thing. Yeah, but it's not... What are you doing? Money. What are you calculating? I was going to divide $3.2 billion by five. <laughs> 800 million? Sure, man. Let's just say that. Um, as mentioned uh, above, the Ice Age films weren't the only movies done at Blue Sky. Horton Hears a Who, the Peanuts movie from 2015, which I thought was you know cute, actually. Uh, Rio and Rio 2 are just some of the names you'd really have to squeeze your brain to try to remember. A lot of hope was being put on their latest release in 2019 called Spies in Disguise, starring the vocal talents of Will Smith and Tom Holland, However, things didn't go too well, and the film took in only about $170 million at the box office from a budget of $100 million. Blue Sky's top-grossing animation features at the worldwide box office were Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs in 2009, that $886 million. Ice Age, Continental Drift in 2012 for $877 million. Ice wow. Age, Meltdown in 2006, $660 million. Rio 2 in 2014 at $500 million. Rio 1, 2011, $484 million. Ice Age Collision Course in 16, that's $408 million. So they're sort of like declining. I don't know. Ice yeah. Age in 2002 was $383 million. So the first one only scored $383 million, and then it just sort of went up, I guess, from there. Uh, Dr. Seuss Horton, Here's a Who, $297 million. Ferdinand they did at almost three. Uh, a bunch of other stuff. The Peanuts movie actually made $246 million. Way more oh, good than for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the peanuts. Who cares about the peanuts anymore? Uh, and then you have Spies in Disguise, 171 million. So uh, the Blue Sky Studio is no more as of April. Look forward to probably a lot more Ice Age uh, <laughs> spinoffs and stuff. Considering how Disney really likes to squeeze the blood out of the turnip as far as uh, IP goes. 
oh yeah, we're going to get a lot of Ice Age coming our way. We're going to get a lot of Ice Age, yeah, for sure, man. But that could be kind of fun to incorporate in like DCA or, uh, you know, maybe some of these other parks uh, over in your neck of the woods. You know, you get some more characters coming in that aren't necessarily Disney, but are from the Fox acquisition, Um, you know. Maybe. Perhaps something could fit into Animal Kingdom. I'm sure they'll crowbar it into Epcot, <laughs> Germany, if they have the choice. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Amanda says, I didn't come here for this non-Disney content. Ice Age is now technically Disney. So, <laughs> there. Oh, yeah, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. I don't know, whatever. She might have been referring to our rant before oh yeah maybe i don't know ryan says this convo happening on this show is ironic um a new show <laughs> talking about news articles well <laughs> i mean yeah but look we're also but jeremy and i write these by the way we're That's not just true. we're not just reading news articles we are hard-hitting journalists yeah i mean i take several articles and then i take the best of them and make it my own oh i write actual words well i write it but uh, I, you have to source something. I'm not, I'm oh, not yeah. just like, <laughs> I think there was something happening. I've put this envelope in a mayonnaise jar <laughs> under my... What's that? From uh, Johnny Carson, the great oh. DiGiorno or whatever the hell his character was. Oh, she is referring to Ice Age. Yeah, see, of course. Yeah, I've never seen it, Amanda. I have no idea. I, I just, I don't know. But it's that animation style that is sort of like overly computerized. You know, everything's too round, if that makes sense. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like the commercials for it. And just there's this weird-ass, like, inbred-looking squirrel or something. And he just was after these acorns and whatever. It's like, cool, I guess. I don't know. what. But justify any anything you like. It's, you know, it's the same thing. I know. I mean, if that's an inbred-looking squirrel, have you seen Olaf? That's an inbred-looking snowman. <sighs> Olaf, my life is Olaf. I'm trying not to. Uh, I'm trying not to. I found a copy of uh, the best of Walt Disney's True Life Adventures. Those oh. like uh, things he was doing, you know, in the '60s and '70s or whatever. And sure. I was like, Alice, do you want to watch this? It has like real animals and stuff. She's like, Yeah. It's not. It's like it's a wasp killing a spider and whatever. I'm like. What they they playing playing they're playing yeah they're playing you want to watch something else out? <laughs> Let's <laughs> just no, watch something else. It's dead soon. <laughs> yeah, she's really into Brave wow. right now, which is a really good movie. If you haven't seen Brave, I think yes, I, I saw it in the theater. In fact, okay, that's the only time I've seen it, so it's been a little while. Uh, yeah. Great music, good music. Not at all what I expected. I didn't understand like her mom turns into a bear and they have to like be friends again or something. I didn't really understand why that yeah. makes her brave, but I don't know. That's just me, I guess. Yeah. Well, is that it? That's all you got, right? We're done. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, today was the there's I mean, there's a Bro. little bit of extra that there was the earnings call was today. The earnings call was today. Disney lost like 2 billion dollars. <laughs> lost but, more money. But they still were up over what they projected. Yeah, I think that's what's important. But he, you yeah. know, what did uh, Chapek said? Uh, he sees face masks at least for the rest of 2021. Oh, absolutely. In the parks, yeah, for sure. Um, but he said in 2022 he doesn't expect to see social distancing or face masks in the parks. That's mm. his. That's his guess. Yeah, I might still wear mine. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see, man. 
You know? uh, I don't know what else came out of that. Harm- he, you know, he 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 referenced some of the new stuff coming to Epcot. Didn't give us any hard dates. No. But, uh, yeah, I, kinda, I yeah, I imagine that sort of like par for the course, anyways. But especially now, you can't yeah. give anybody hard dates for anything unless it's like almost you know done. Right, it's like there and covered yeah. up. Uh, well, I guess we'll get out of here, Jeremy. I am yeah. working on so I'm doing a show. Uh, what's coming up on the Ears Up Network? Let me look it up. Because I'm doing a show in March sometime that's going to be pretty cool. I'm researching it right now. I'm actually researching stuff. Um, on the 18th is a Terrence show. I hope. Hopefully he's like, I checked in with him a couple days ago. He never got back to me. So Terrence, if you're listening, man, let me know if you're still on on uh, on par for the nine-part series, Walt's Nine Old Men, part one. Uh, look forward to that. That should be uh, pretty cool. Then we have a Tiki Room on February 26th. Uh, I don't know what's going to go on the 4th of uh, March. Maybe an interview. I don't know. We'll see if people get back to us. But on the 18th is uh, a show I'm calling How Disney Influenced the Space Race in, the, in a roundabout way. It's mainly about like the uh, the Tomorrowland shows that Ward Kimball did for, for Disney while Disney was off, you know, building Disneyland and doing all that kind of fun stuff. So right. um, very, very interesting stuff. I'm having a good time. Like, I'm finding these articles from these magazines that uh, you don't, they're out of, they're long out of print. People on eBay are charging $500 for these magazines that helped Walt, refer, helped Walt and Ward Kimball reference you know, the technology to to do like the rocket ship to the moon kind of stuff and explain to everybody what space travel actually is going to be. Um, I found them online. <laughs> I was like, great. Oh. <laughs> That's cool, man. I don't know. There's a lot of fun stuff on, on the internet if you know where to look. So, uh, but I'm really excited about that, man. I'm watching. So all these like things I think are even on YouTube, like Disneyland Man in Space, the original... Um, yeah. You know, hour long thing for the Tomorrowland. That's on YouTube, 1955. It's cute. The animation holds up, and it's like uh, it's kind of neat, man. So it, it's really funny when you start doing the research, the things that you uncover. Because a lot of times, I'll think, oh, like I'll start working on a topic for a spectral time segment or something, and I'll be like, oh, this is going to be quick because you know there's just not much out there about it. And then you yeah. do three clicks, and you're like, oh, and you can go down a rabbit hole, and so you can you you'll find so much out there, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just end up uncovering things that you never thought you would. So that always, I think every time I've done a Spectro Time segment, there's something that comes out of it that I had no idea existed um, or I was wrong about in what I assumed. And no. then you learn. And But it's 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 actually is fun to do the research. My yeah. hardest thing is once is to get to sit down and start doing it. But once I start writing those segments, it's like I can't stop. Like the, It's like you just typing as fast as you can. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah, it is, and it's it it's, it's interesting that uh, you know doing the research because there's so much information now packed online, like all the time. You sort of lose these interviews from like the '90s. You think it'd be really easy to find an interview with Ward Kimball from the '90s. It is not. Yeah, and especially the one that I'm using. Like, it's I had to get in print to read the thing. Like it's not, it's not just scanned online anymore. So it's interesting, like how just even short amount of time, historically speaking, th- that's, that stuff is hard to find digitized, but I found full magazine articles from 1956. <laughs> so it's yeah. just, there's, I don't know if there's a gap in, in the information transition or, or, or demand or I don't know. So did you, so you got an article in print? Yeah. 
So you should scan it. Pay it forward. Get that on yourself. Well, I don't want to. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's a convoluted thing because I had to pay for it, and it's like you know I don't want to like I don't. I'm, there's, I'm sure there's copyright you know things to do, which is probably why it's not in there. But um, I oh, will be yeah, I will be talking about it, and so hopefully then people can listen to the show and get the information, all the all the best bits. But yeah, I don't know. Building the show is is a challenge. I like it. I'm excited for it. All right, I think that's it. That's great. I've prattled on forward to it. Yeah. Um, are you? I so I have on the calendar that day, the 18th, is you're doing Music of the Jungle Cruise. Are you still doing that? I sure am. Music of the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Um, until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>